podcast is a part of Dear Asian Youth, a youth-led magazine aimed towards Asian activism for Asian youth by Asian youth. Follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, etc. at Dear Asian Youth and at Dear Asian Girl to get updates on all the latest articles, poetry and prose, podcasts, campaigns, and more. Dear Asian Girl, a podcast dedicated to uplift and share Asian girls' stories everywhere. Today, we'll be talking about the second-gen Asian-American experience. All right. Hello, everyone. Um, Alina and Jen here. We are back. Um, Hopefully, you enjoyed our last episode with Nana and our other new co-host, which was very amazing. I enjoyed it. And this is our eighth episode, right? I was Yeah, I think it's our eighth episode. Oh, my gosh. Big deal. That's a lot of episodes. Um, so yes, this is our eighth episode, and today we're going to be talking about the second-gen experience compared to, like, the first-gen experience, and just in general how our Asian identities tend to, I guess, clash with our, like, so-called American identities. Um, yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah. Would you want to explain a little the difference between first-gen and second-gen? Because, okay, Lily, Alina, and I were talking about this beforehand, and I got it all mixed up. I generally thought for the longest time I was first-gen, but then Alina clarified, and now I think I'm second-gen. So would you want to explain that a little bit more before we, like, dive in? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I literally didn't know the meaning at all myself. Like, I literally Mm -hmm. had to do a quick Google search. So I'm just going to read off of Google real quick. Um, So apparently first generation is, like, people whose parents were born. So, like, it's basically the generation of, like, immigrants who come to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And second generation refers to people who are born in the United States with at least one first generation, like, immigrant parent. So in my case, my parents were both born in Pakistan, but they immigrated to the U.S. So they were first gen because they were the first generation to come to the U.S., from my family and I was second gen because I was born in New York New York which is in the United States Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so I am second gen because my parents were immigrants but I was born here um but that's from Google so this is not my knowledge okay so if this is wrong (laughs) please let us know because um I think for the most part it seems pretty accurate Google is always accurate for the most part um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as for my situation, similar to Alina's, except my parents were both born from the Philippines, and then my mom um, migrated over around 2002, and then my dad migrated, like, a few months later, which is pretty funny, because my dad is older, my mom's just, you know, getting that bread already, because she got a job offer in Illinois, yes. in Chicago, and Sweet. so then I was born a year later in, um, I think... Yeah, around Chicagoland area. So not Chicago. I'm like, okay, that's the thing that pisses me off is a lot of people say like, oh, I'm from Chicago, but I like live in the suburbs. And that's a lot of the thing that like Midwestern people will say to make them. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they literally say that to make themselves seem more legit and really cool. But the Midwest <laughs> is just lame and disgusting. And yeah, there's a lot of like Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, the Kenosha thing that happened recently um, with the shooter. Um, in the BLM, I know what you're talking about. yeah, that I'm happened talking. in what are you talking about? No, that wait. happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin, not too far from me. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, and, and it's weird because um, one of my friends actually like their grandparents know the family, so are you serious? yeah, it's 
It's crazy. Um. Anyways, we yeah. don't like the Midwest. Um, no, I'm kidding. We don't. <laughs> like, no, we literally don't we like the Midwest. <laughs> no, we don't. But um, I'm pretty sure Idaho is considered Midwest too. Yeah, it is. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So same. I'm in the same page as you. But no, like what you said about like being born like outside of like Chicago. I was born like outside of New York City, so I can't be like, oh, I was born in New York City. No, I was born in like Valhalla, like. like <laughs> so um, no, I feel you. But anyways, like. So I guess to talk more about our experiences, um, so Jen, like how has your experiences been different, um, than like your parents as like a second gen, um, like Asian? I guess for the most part, there's definitely been a generational divide between their views and my views because Mm -hmm. I personally, I, I know this for a fact, I'm so westernized and I'm so like in the American culture that it's hard for me to really realize like my parents' culture and like their set of rules and their set of standards and their set of like what they want me to be because it's kind of hard to like fit in both of those cultures into one as a person. So I've always struggled with that. And like in terms of dating, in terms of like school life, in terms of whatever, yeah. like I can't relate to what my parents went through. Cause for example, like my mom, she had to walk like, uh, like, more than one mile to get to her school while wow. me I literally drive to school like that it's like so yeah. different in terms of our life and like I've realized that like I have this big privilege in which mm-hmm. I have all these commodities and all these like accessibilities to me yeah. that it's hard for me to realize like I okay I mean I take it for granted so hard no I get that me yeah. too I'm the same way yeah like the fact that um, my school is online right now through a zoom yeah. and we all have access to all these things is just crazy to me compared to like a school that's like 45 minutes away like they can't do this so mm-hmm. I think I just realized that like I have just so much privilege um from where I grew up that it's kind of hard to realize that like my parents didn't have this experience mm-hmm no and what you said kind of brings up like like what you said about you having different experiences than your parents and like the position that you're in like the privilege that you have um kind of like is really similar to what I was like thinking about earlier today I was thinking about how like children of immigrants oftentimes like second gen because their parents are like first gen I guess wow me with my big brain moves over (laughs) here um they like a lot of the times they feel guilty for like having mental like health issues yeah and this is like kind of a big problem that I've started to realize earlier today because like the generational gap although my parents are very young it's more of like a first gen versus second gen type of generational Mm -hmm. thing um I've realized like a lot of the times when I will be stressed out about school be stressed about like some really dumb thing or whatever I would overlook that and overlook my feelings on like how I feel because my parents would be like well you could have had it worse right yeah because my parents like as you just like your parents said my parents grew up not very fortunate my dad had like to sell a lot of um the things like his he had a single mother so my grandma didn't like have a husband or anything so he didn't have a father so they had to sell a lot of the things that they had to afford like his books for school and he had to work really really hard and education was his way out of like his experiences in Pakistan and same with my mom uh so it's like them they've experienced like the lowest of the lows our like immigrant parents have experienced like what we can't really imagine or what we can't go through so a lot of the times when they are looking at us crying over like a math assignment they're like oh well it could be worse right because they really did have it worse yeah and so I think like with them and their experiences a lot of the times they'll be like overlooking mental health issues that like the a lot of second gen 
um, Asian youth specifically would experience. So I think that's also like kind of an issue between like the generational gaps that I myself am trying to unlearn. Like I'm trying to unlearn and be like, okay, my struggles are my struggles. I shouldn't compare them to someone else's. Obviously anything, like it can always be worse, but I should not overlook how I feel. And that's kind of one of the things recently that I've been trying to, I guess, battle. I don't know, have you had experiences with that yourself? Yeah. I've had experiences where, for example, I was crying over a test, for usual. Me. Me. Uh, <laughs> that's normally my school life, is crying over tests. And my parents would always say, um, like, oh, no, that isn't as bad to, like, what I had to experience, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And it kind of sucks because it sort of diminished my struggles and my problems. But I also need to realize I'm learning really now as I'm growing up, like, now I'm like I'm about to leave the house soon that I need to realize that like their struggles are so different from my struggles as a kid like they had to experience not only just like school and college like they had to experience like living in like a second world country and everything and like dealing with the struggles and like poverty and they see it like straight up in their face and that's like a lot to them and their mental health so Mm -hmm. I think like personally for me I've I've as a kid, I was always like, why don't they understand where I'm coming from? Why is this? Why is that? Like, they should understand, like, this is, this is stressful shit. And then, like, the more I realized it, I'm like, wow, maybe I shouldn't have been that overdramatic over the test, first off, because I did well in the end. And <laughs> Classic Jen <Gen> move. <laughs> and B, I just think um, that my struggles as, like, a teen girl living in America is a lot different from my struggles as my my mom experienced mm-hmm. and I just need to realize that like each person has their own struggles and each to their own and that like it's okay to have those struggles as long as yep. you like fend it out for yourself I guess you can say and yep. I don't know it's just like it's a touchy subject to talk about because yeah. um I don't know. It just really is because I'm trying to, like, overcome that barrier of realizing, like, my struggles versus my parents. And, Mm -hmm. like, my mom knows this for a fact. Like, we've had fights about it where we've just, like, just couldn't find a medium ground on, like, our feelings and my feelings. So, personally, like, I think it's still an ongoing battle to this day. (laughs) No, definitely. Like, I would have a lot of, a lot of the fights I would have with my dad would be, like, like, similar to your mom's and yours is just like it's based off of the reason that I don't understand like what he's gone through and like I've been thinking about this a lot recently and I'm I'm sure there are other like Asians specifically second gen Asians who have like experienced this that when we like understand our struggles and the way that we like feel and we like accept the way we feel that doesn't mean we are diminishing our parents struggles it just means that we shouldn't like compare our experiences to theirs and it also gives me like more of an understanding of like why my parents are the way they are by understanding where they've come through and what they've gone through and so my parents would open up to me about their experiences their lives and by doing that I was able to like further understand I guess why we don't like like our viewpoints don't align on certain things so by me like crying over being stressed or something or by me crying over like 
some little minuscule issue in comparison to what they've experienced mm-hmm. kind of makes me understand how like privileged I am to have like my problems only being like stressed about a math test and not mm-hmm. my problems being like oh how am I gonna afford like school how am I gonna afford to get to like America where I can like actually like survive and I think like along with that I kind of also want to talk about like the American dream because I feel like that also has a lot to do with this topic oh, God. <laughs> because yeah, it's like dream. it's okay Fueled by white supremacy. Yes, yes. I was literally going to girl saying, I literally wrote a Spanish paper about this on how the American dream is literally fake. It's literally In Spanish? Fake. Girl. <laughs> I can never. No, I literally today, I like wrote a paper about how the American dream is just a false idea portrayed by our society that like we can be successful in a society that pushes people of color down and exploits immigrants because the American dream was firstly created by white people who like created their success in air quotes by oppressing other minority groups and by exploiting immigrants through generational wealth and through colonization. So the American dream is fake. But anyways, that was my rant. So (laughs) that was like kind of off topic. (laughs) Um, but yeah so I guess like my parents like with the American dream supposed American dream of mine had to experience like a lot of things that I can't even like under begin to understand so I think that's where a lot of the differences between first gen and second gen like kind of come from Mm -hmm. is just like how me being like born and like raised in America I have a lot of privileges in that sense but also like with that being said it's important not to like overlook our own emotions and feelings and the things that we go through because what we go through in regards to like mental health issues is valid we're allowed to feel the way we feel and of course things can be worse but that's not like that's not what we should be focusing on if that makes sense and I think that term is kind of like or that say, saying that like things could be worse is honestly really fucked up because yeah, it is. you shouldn't be comparing struggles comparing struggles only makes it worse for people so mm-hmm. yeah that's my other rant today (laughs) i hate when like my parents do compare their struggles to me but i also realize it's sort of like a humbling experience to where i can like take a step back and really reflect on my personal anxieties and my like thoughts and feelings and like Mm -hmm. distinguish that between like someone else who's dealing with a lot worse and like it makes me grateful for like whatever i do have at the moment like i have access to a really good schooling program i have Mm -hmm. like struggles that are like that kids want who are like in this state of poverty I guess you can say yeah, exactly. like like these are I'm not saying they're like they're good struggles but they sort of are like, like me struggling to get into a college me struggling to like compete against other people like yeah. it's I for the most part I say it's pretty healthy and it's pretty like, yeah like I mean those struggles come from like a place of privilege so I get what you mean when you say that because like same yeah and I like I'm happy about like that I'm able to like actually think like I have a possibility of going to college th- with mm-hmm. my money with like how smart I am and with like yeah, exactly. every like opportunity that I was given and I think like it gives me pride in like what my parents went through because especially like they were able to put me in this really really good town because I'm gonna say this now like the town that I live in in terms of Illinois is a very very good neighborhood it's one mm-hmm. of the top it's like maybe number three safest neighborhoods in Illinois it's oh, wow. just overall like a really good community in terms of mm-hmm. schooling in terms of like neighborhoods in terms of everything and I think my parents like they take so much pride in that and Mm -hmm. so when they see that like I'm taking it for granted or I'm crying over this test they're like why are you crying over it like you should Mm -hmm. be grateful for whatever you have here 
And it's hard because I don't think they realize, like, the pressure to go to college in this town is so high. Like, my school is crazy. Like, everything's college. Everything is college. Everything's, like, you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this. Like, it's such a, I guess... And, like, people, the thing is, like, everyone's competing for the same extracurriculars. Everyone's competing Mm -hmm. for the same athletic spots. Oh, my God. The struggles for athletics. Our school has, like, really crazy athletic programs where, like, varsity is, like, number one. And, like, everyone that goes to my school at least gets a scholarship for, like, the top athletes. Like, it's a really good. Sign me up. Yeah, it's, like, a really, really good program. And so I'm really happy that I do live here. It's just hard because they don't realize, like, the pressure of this, like, college, like, you have to go to college sort of pressure. And, but I'm happy that, like, they were able to put me in this situation because it is, like, I guess a humbling experience compared to, like, what they went through. And um, switching topics, however, like, I kind of want to talk about, um, I guess, experiences second gen and, like, not fitting in as an Asian because I think that's Mm -hmm. something that's, like, really really interesting to talk about because I know a lot of second gen Asian girls especially experience this what are your like your experiences on that yeah no that's a good question because I think like my personal experiences oh I'll go off on my rant that I went to before (laughs) Um, no and I think like as someone who's like not seen as Asian because I'm like brown because I am South Asian, this is like one of the things that I've recently gone through, which I told Jen about before we started recording. <laughs> um, happened recently. I was like on a call with my friend, and he's cis white male, so you already know mm-hmm. he has that kind of um, privilege and ego and like this sense of being a little close minded. Um, <laughs> so I was talking to him. I was making like a joke about how I'm not like the stereotypical Asian. How I'm like not like super good at math and I want to like go into STEM but I'm not good at STEM or whatever and so I was like oh I'm like not a stereotypical Asian right and then he was like you're not even Asian though and I was like bitch what do you mean I'm not Asian I think I would know he was like well you're not Asian and I was like do you mean I'm not East Asian and he was like yeah and I was like I'm from South Asia you know that right and he was like no and I was like okay (laughs) I was like tell me tell me, where do you, where do you think I'm from? And he, like, obviously he didn't respond because if he did try guessing my ethnicity, I would have, like, hung up the call. Mm -hmm. Um, But I told him, like, I gave him a little geographical lesson. I was like, I'm from Pakistan. And that is in South Asia, which is inside of Asia. So that means I am Asian. And I think this is, like, kind of an experience a lot of South Asians and Southeast Asians go through. Because, first of all, it, like, it doesn't, I think it's like a kind of a racist stereotype that people create that Asians have to be East Asian. Mm-hmm. And that's, first of all, harmful and detrimental to the East Asian community because they're not all the same. They are all them, like different yeah, individuals. They like have their own culture Asian. and their own like yeah. preservations of like exactly. who they are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, besides like Asia is very diverse, but East Asia itself is very diverse too. Mm-hmm. So I think like, this experiences is experiences experience is <laughs> very shared amongst the um, South Asian community, and like I've had many experiences like this, but this one was specifically that I thought I'd talk about because it's very common and like I've gone through it a lot. So, from my experience as a second gen South Asian, it's like, do people really consider me to be Asian, even though being Asian is a huge part of my identity? 
So by them saying and disregarding my entire, like, race and ethnicity, it's very harmful to me and, like, my experiences. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, have you gone through anything similar, like, in that sense? I haven't really gone through, like, what you said in terms of my own experiences, but I definitely see it in terms of representation in the media where Mm -hmm. the only Asians that are being represented is East Asian. And, like, that's good we have representation at all. Like, that's amazing for the East Asian culture. But in terms of, like, South Asian or, like, Southeast Asian, there's definitely needs to be a lot more representation there. And you can clearly see how, like, uneducated and, like, their privilege is so high that they can't even realize that, like, there's different types of Asians. Yeah, And, like, like, there's different types of cultures as well. And which is so stupid, like, how people just don't realize that and how, like, willfully ignorant you have to be in order for you not to realize like for example like how did this person not realize that you were like not asian like that doesn't make any sense to me no like what would you be like i just like don't like where would you fit where where do i look like i'm from like i don't like like, where where alina you don't look white no i don't like bitch i'm not white passing like you really thought i was white no it just like made me so mad because i was like Because then he started talking about how, like, Europe is so diverse. I'm like, yeah, like, we get it. You, like, white people understand that Europe is diverse, but they don't realize that Asia is, like, really fucking diverse, too. Do they not realize that? Yeah. I don't know. It made me mad because I was like, how can you just disregard an entire part of, like, Asia and just be like, oh, you're not Asian because you're not East Asian. And I, I don't know. I think it's harmful to all of Asia when, one, they put, like, the entirety of East Asia into a box and then also disregard all of South Asia and Southeast Asia. So I was like, okay, guess I'm not Asian. That's like, what? I don't know. Anyways. I feel like that applies to like every minority too. Like white people just like don't understand that like there's different cultures, there's different like ethnicities, there's different like everything. Like they, like I, I know some white people that generally believe that like black people are all from like Africa. And like that just like, like, we had this topic about an A-push, and I just, like, went off. I was like, no, like, some people just, like, no. don't know where they're from at all, because yeah, you literally exactly. sent them here. Yes, um, literally. I don't know. And, like, I feel like a lot of the Latino community also has that experience. Yeah. They're, like, because, like, people from Mexico are considered, like, Spanish because they speak Spanish. Yeah. Or, like, people from, like, Central America, South America. And I'm like, no, guys, Spain is literally, like, in Europe, Europe. like maybe am i is my geography right i think yeah it's in europe like you can't like no that's not how it works so yeah but anyways like more on like the second gen experience that's kind of a lot of the comments that i would get and i think that's like a lot of the comments that a lot of second gen asians in general get because they're considered like whitewashed like i think we could talk about the terms like um being a coconut and also being like a banana like you know those like terms we would like people would like kind of throw around and like I'm at fault to myself for using those terms because I think it's like applicable like I am brown but I'm like white on the inside right Mm -hmm. so I'm a coconut but it's like but we shouldn't like use those terms because at times I feel like they disregard like I I think white people shouldn't use those terms yeah because I think at times they disregard like the entire like someone's entire race their history their like family background things like that so I don't know what are your experiences with like terms like that Yeah, I think, like, what you said in terms of, like, white people saying it, I think, like, that's super detrimental to a person's, like, ethnicity and who they are as a person, because, like, Mm -hmm. you don't realize, like, the experiences, and, like, I guess you can say 
traumas behind it or like trying to fit in like you don't fit like it's hard for us to like fit into two cultures at the same time yeah and I think it's especially hard for my parents as well as preserving that sort of culture like in this town that I do live in since it's so whitewashed and Mm -hmm. my mom's definitely opened up to me about like her trying as hard as she can but it's just like really really hard and I think one thing that I do like mentioning that's like a big experience is like when I open my mouth you can clearly see my accent and where I'm from compared to like people in the Philippines like last year I went to the Philippines in the last July and they're like oh yeah no you so live from America like the yeah, way literally you speak, the same. like you have you don't have the accent like you just like you're literally a coconut and I was like yeah yeah you're right you're right maybe I should have as a kid done a little <laughs> bit more research done a little bit more embracing my culture but it's just hard to live in a society where like your ethnicity is pinned against you and I think that's something like worth mentioning to parents at least who do have second gen um, kids that like it's hard when like the media and everyone's like pinning you against your culture and like realizing that like the white body is more beautiful than like your brown skin so that's why you want to fit into this Eurocentric beauty standards and that applies to like school and like trying to fit in with um like the Asian kids but at the same time like it's kind of hard for you because you also Mm want to like fit in in general so and like also western culture yeah versus like your Asian culture I think that's definitely something that like has been a struggle for like my entire life um but I'm starting to embrace it a bit more but it's still really really hard um I'm trying to ask my mom more questions in terms of the culture and where I'm from and it just sucks because I should have done this years ago. But, I mean, it's never too late to start now, I guess. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think, like, kind of what you mentioned about having this, like, almost like an identity crisis because you are, like, American, but you're also, like, Asian because of, like, where, where like, your ethnic, like, background is. So I know, like, a lot of my experiences are kind of, like, are kind of similar, but I think since I went to, like, an online school, which did have a pretty large Asian population, Mm. I didn't have to, like, force myself to fit in, and, like, from a young age, I've, like, well, I mean, when I got, like, turned, like, 13, 14 years old, I started to get more comfortable in, like, being brown, being Asian, but a lot of the times I see this with, like, some of my relatives, like, my cousins or, like, my friends who are um, Asian and brown, they would, they would try and, like, force themselves to fit in with, like, by becoming, like, in air quotes, like, whitewashed by, Mm -hmm. like, giving people, like, nicknames for, like, their name because they just think that it's easier for them, like, to pronounce. So I think it's, like, things like that that make me kind of frustrated because we should be proud of our Asian heritage, proud of our parents' stories on how they immigrated here, proud of, like, our entire identity rather than making our, like, names easier for people, for white people to say and pronounce. And I think, like... I think that's like kind of a lot more common in second gen, um, second gen communities because they have to deal with this like American culture and also piece in together their like Asian culture. But in reality, there's room for both of them. You're allowed to like be Asian and appreciate like American culture or whatever it may be, appreciate how you've like grown up here. So, I mean, that's like my perspective more on like the second gen and how they have to deal with like two different identities. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just sick and tired of, like, accommodating to both. I think 
think thing that's like been this biggest struggle in my life is like where I don't fit into either or so I've definitely had like like you said I have such like a big identity crisis towards like who am I am I really Asian is that like who like do I really fit into this stereotype or am I just like living by myself like what kind of culture do I fit in and stuff and oh here's another thing that I I wanted to bring up is there's a TikTok trend that's going around for minorities where they're like oh do you think you're beautiful no you just live in like a whitewashed community where you're not seen as beautiful and like those are my favorite TikToks they hype me up so hard because I'm starting to realize like I look I'm like pretty I think I'm pretty I think I'm great beautiful yes both of us like I think we're really really pretty and um I don't think like a lot of white boys realize this and uh i'm just gonna say it out loud i think our culture is pretty cute like i think so too it's i beautiful. think we have some personality some flavor some spice yeah, um, spicy. i know and i'm just like i think that's like something like asian girls really need to address is just like how beautiful we truly are and like how amazing our culture is like we grew up like with so many customs so many traditions so many cool unique things about ourselves that it's like what do other people have i think that's what i need to re- like what i've realized is like i have so much going for me it's going yes. great and um yeah i think like the more i realize it the more like it's sort of hard to find that but like as i'm continuing growing as i'm finding people like i've had my best friend um she she's actually an adoptee she was born in china but then she's um she has a white dad and a Japanese mom, and I think she's also had, like, not really big struggles, um, but she's definitely experienced, like, the struggle of being Asian growing up here, and I think, like, having that core group of people where you can reach out to in terms of your Asian ethnicity is, like, really crucial, and, like, just, like, hyping each other up. I think, like, that's the best thing about it. It's, like, I, I hate, like, I love having my Asian friends. Like, it's so much better, um... Especially, like, ever since Dear Asian Youth started, I've been more, like, in-depth with who I am and everything, which is awesome. No, I completely agree. I think, like, what you said earlier about, like, how um, you don't know if you fit in with, like, the Asian community or if you fit in, like, the white community, like, when you're at school or whatever. I think, like, what you said right now is, like, a really good point in how it's, like, by surrounding yourself with, like, second-gen Asians or, like, people who've gone through similar experiences with you is very important to, like, to, I guess, like, your entire identity Mm -hmm. because then you don't need to be around people who you always have to explain certain things to Mm -hmm. or you don't need to be around, like, a community where you don't, like, fully feel like you fit in with them. And that's why I think, like, organizations like Dear Asian Youth and our amazing podcast is important because we highlight these issues that everyone goes through, specifically being Asians in a Western society. And so I think, like, any if anyone takes anything from this podcast is to be, like, empowered by who you are. And, like, the, obviously that's easier said than done. But, I mean, I thank God every day that I'm not white and I yes. have a culture and I am a bit spicy. Like, that's you know what so I mean? so true. Yeah, it's, like, I don't know. I just think that's important. And specifically, like, talking about, like, our, like, the generational thing or whatever, I think going back to our first topic, um, first-gen parents, like, they obviously have to deal with, like, assimilating to America and, like, um, white culture and, like, our society here in the U.S., but second-gen, um, I guess second-gen Asians also have to deal with that, but since, like, the day that they're, like, born, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because when we were, like, born in the U.S., 
we knew nothing except the culture around us mm-hmm. and also like our culture at home. So how do we incorporate our like both of our identities and not have like this identity crisis yeah. um, that so often happens um, within like just our experiences and how we, like we grow up. So yes. Yeah, I like the point where you said like ever since we came out of the freaking womb, um, we've been exposed <laughs> to just like the one culture that we've grown up in. And I think that's, like, what a lot of people need to realize is that, like, it technically kind of isn't our fault that we were born here. Like, my, like it's, like, our parents came here for us to get a better life. And because of their experiences, they want to give us, like, the best education. They want to give us the yeah, best, exactly. like, housing. And I think that's, like, hard. And we take that for granted. I know that for especially second gen um, Asian girls or, like, Asian people in general. I think it's, like, something we need to, like, take a step back and realize, like, oh, um, I'm happy that, they, like, they brought me here. Because I wouldn't have these struggles. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. met, like, this amazing, like, the Western culture is good. Like, I'm going to say that. It like, is, yeah. We have some, they have some spicy stuff, too, I guess. Like, yeah, they, have, they have Chris Evans, guys. Come <laughs> on. He's from Boston. He's an American man. I love my American men. <laughs> I'm literally wearing a Marvel shirt. That I was, was just so gonna say, I was like, dang. Oh, he is such a. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know how my like conversations with people always end up being about Chris Evans. Going like, off a little about a like white man, I'm gonna just like, I realize like I don't even know what my taste is anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> what even is like, that? Um, but that's besides the point. What was I talking about? Oh, it, I was talking about like understanding your like privilege being second gen. Oh yeah, no, I've like I've mentioned that so many times, but checking in with who you are as a person and realizing the privilege that you do have and I think that's like what everyone needs to address nowadays especially nowadays because with as I mentioned before that whole Kenosha thing um we need to realize that like this kid was 17 and he was on like he had a gun at age 17 which is illegal and sure it was like okay they like back it up and they say like oh it's for um self-defense oh, no, bitch. none of no. them were armed no he killed he killed people no he that's killed not two how it works people. and we like need to look at it objectively just as we should look at our privilege objectively like we shouldn't take it personally and i think that's what a lot of people realize it's like privilege has such a negative connotation behind it that we need to realize that we should make it more objective and this is like the way you grew up oh there was this one video that I did watch, and I found it really interesting. And um, it was sort of like a line game where everyone was lined up at the beginning. And then the person would ask, like, these bunch of questions. And they would be like, step forward if you have a uh, house. Yeah, step forward I've if you have that. that. You've seen that, right? Yeah, yeah, I bet a lot of people have seen it. And I think that's such a good objective way of seeing it visually on how, like, how you have a sort of, um, I guess privilege in which you have like these commodities that you can get ahead of this race you can get ahead mm-hmm. of this marathon and yeah, I think for Asians yeah, Asians ahead, at least especially um, my mom and I we were talking about this a while ago that we're sort of middle ground and I think that's really interesting to talk about because my parents like were able to build themselves up and go to America but so as a result we sort of have like this middle ground of um, I guess privilege and mm-hmm. That sort of relates to everything that we've been talking about because I feel like a second gen Asian girls, especially, are middle ground on everything. And I think, oh, that's actually a kind of a cool episode title. 
Yes. Like, she's making titles now over here. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have anything else to explain on that? I just kind of just went off. No, you're good. I think, like, one of the things that I do want to know is, like, definitely by, like, understanding our parents' struggles and the first-gen struggle allows us to kind of take a step back and look at our, like, lives and understand, like, what certain things are worth worrying over and what things that we don't really have to, like, worry about, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, from, like, for example, like, if I'm worrying about, like, a test because you know I do that too often yeah. SAT tomorrow let's get it yes. <laughs> if I'm over here worrying about the SAT and I understand my parents struggles I take a step back I'm like okay well I'm privileged enough to even take the SAT yeah exactly enough to afford that things like that but like also it's important to note in regards to issues like mental health and like mental illness like issues like that if you're second gen Asian or a child of immigrant in general and you're dealing with like mental health issues do not overlook that. Do not disregard your emotions and feelings because of how, what your parents went through. Because, yes, your parents went through a lot. And they went through a lot of shit. And props to them for making out of it, right? Yeah. But also do not compare your struggles to their struggles. Because what you go through is valid. What you feel is valid. And you're allowed to, like, have struggles. Your struggles are yours. So you're allowed to have, like, struggles in that sense. But yes, it's important to note like the privilege you do have because kind of what you were talking about earlier, Jen, it's like about how we're like middle ground, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're not like we're not very like underprivileged, but we're not like white cis male privileged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're we're, like in the middle. Right. And so I think it's all about like understanding like which privilege you'd rather have, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather or not privilege, which struggle you'd like rather have. My struggle is worrying about the SAT, but my parents' struggle is worrying about food, worrying Mm -hmm. about making it out of Pakistan, worrying about getting a better life for their kids. So I'd rather definitely have the the struggle worrying about the SAT than Mm -hmm. worrying about, like, surviving. So that's, I think you bring up a good point about that. So anyways. Yeah, I like how you said mental health is very, like, subjective and how Mm -hmm. we need to also realize, like, that our feelings are incredibly valid and that, like, my pa- uh, like your parents can't experience what you're experiencing. Because at the same time, like, the SAT is, like, a struggle. It's something really important and especially crucial to, like, your college application. And you want to make your parents proud as well to show, like, oh, like, I'm smart. Like, I can do this. And I think, like, just, like, as you said, like, your feelings are valid. And everything that you're going through is so different from what your parents are going through. That, but that doesn't make it any less important. And exactly. any less of a struggle. Um, and mm-hmm. I think, like, that's what a lot of Asian people need to realize. Especially, mm-hmm. and I think, like, it's going to be hard, but eventually talking it out to your parents. But, like, that's a struggle as well. And that's a whole other topic yeah. we can possibly talk about. But yeah. it totally depends on each to own. I take everything that I say with a grain of salt. Yeah, <laughs> For yeah sure. same, same. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Ignore me. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rambling. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why people listen to me at this point. I really just don't say shit. I, I know. I feel like I just ramble, like, all the time for these episodes. I know. Honestly, like, if you, if anyone who listens to us, like, thank you, because, like, I feel like I never say anything important, and you guys actually caring to, like, yeah. to listen to me, like, thank you. taking the SAT tomorrow which is technically yesterday because this comes out on Sunday mm-hmm. you got this like don't overthink it um, are you talking to me, me? 
Oh wait, no, honestly, I'm just saying this for myself. I can like hear it again. Just be like, like, so for specifically the Asian youth and second gen who are taking like the SAT or like applying to college apps, like don't stress it. Like I understand that like a lot of first gen parents really stress the importance of college on you and the importance of getting into like an Ivy League. But at the end of the day, that's not what makes you you. Like do what makes you happy and remember that the standardized test does not determine your value. So I think that's also another thing that a lot of first-gen parents don't understand. Um, but yes, I'm just saying this so I can hear it again myself. <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. I literally need that because... <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I'm not the best test taker. I'm going to say this out loud. I'm smart in school, but when it comes to like standardized testing, oh my God, like the math <laughs> section kills me. The me math too. section, I can't. So, um... It's okay. I Luckily, all the schools are test optional. So just yeah. in case if anything fails, we're going to be fine. No, okay. we'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Although I can't stop doing the Debbie Ryan pose. I do it so unironically. I'm just there like... <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, no, oh, my God. Literally... Stop being, like, stop being annoying. Like, no, literally <laughs> in Zoom, like, Zoom class. Like, okay, both Lena and I started school. So I... Oh, my God. I also do, like, the, the hand to the face all the time. <laughs> Me, too. Oh my god. And like me and my friends like we're always texting during the class and like we always like say shit talk to each other back and forth. We're like you like you look ugly on the Zoom call and you're just like <laughs> like retouch up on the background, like do something like that. Oh, like fix your angle. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like literally I can't stop laughing, so all I have to do is just like <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it because like so I've been to, like, an online school since, like, fucking seventh grade. Oh, yeah, 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 So I'm, like, a veteran at this shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all these, like, TikToks about, like, online school hacks or, like, jokes about online school, I'm, like, we've been known. No. Like, I've been doing this shit since day fucking one. Like, my <laughs> favorite, so my favorite of the gym TikToks. Those are so Which, funny. Like the, the ones where they're, like, the PE classes or something. Yeah, that's so funny. I, mean, I can't, like. No, I <laughs> My, I walked in on my brother doing a Just Dance um, Zoom call, and, like, I couldn't. He, like, his video was off, and he was, like, laughing, like, in the corner, just dying. And you could just see all these kids doing, like, jumping jacks. And the teacher just, like, staring at them. It's so funny. It's, like, my friends have to do, like, because they go to the public school with some of my friends, um, and, like, they have to do, like, online yoga classes. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> even my school doesn't do that shit. Like, our, they calculate, like, PE. Because, like, a lot of the kids who go to my school are, like, student athletes. Yeah. So they're getting their, like, PE credits because they're, like, professional athletes. So wow. all you need to do is, like, fill out, like, a PE log that you do in, like, fucking second grade and send it in. That's crazy. What? Yeah. Wow. I know. It's wild. Want more of Dear Asian Girl? You can find us everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, we're on everything. Can't get enough? Subscribe, follow, rate, review to get all the updates and the latest on DAG. Let us know your feedback and what we can do to improve. Want to be a part of the podcast or Dear Asian Youth? Go on DearAsianYouth.org and click Contact to be a part of the DAG and Day Team. We'd love to have more hosts. We have our own Instagram. Follow us at Dear Asian Girl to receive updates on all the latest episodes and fun fact about the hosts. We'd love for you to reach out. D A G, Dear Asian Girl, 
a podcast dedicated to uplift and share Asian girl stories everywhere. For the Asian girl, by the Asian girl. Logo by Kristen Huynh, produced and edited by Genesis, and produced on Anchor.